working in television, the pinnacle of media and social media being born and all of a sudden television almost being obsolete in terms of advertising products and building your profile and your clout. I said to myself, I've put on 30 kilos. I'm all soft. I've lost my muscle tone. I've lost my strength and conditioning. It doesn't make me less of a trainer or a coach, but I look a bit different. So you can come with me or not. Dreams don't work unless you do. I just think, you know, it does take hard work. And for every overnight sensation is probably 10 years of slogging it out. And then all of a sudden you hit it big and it's that, you know, thing of luck. You know, it's just a moment of opportunity meeting hard work. You know, it's it comes down to work ethic. Welcome to the Seize the Yay podcast. Busy and happy are not the same thing. We too rarely question what makes the heart sing. We work, then we rest, but rarely we play and often don't realise there's more than one way. So this is a platform to hear and explore the stories of those who found lives they adore. The good, bad and ugly, the best and worst day will bear all the facets of seizing your yay. I'm Sarah Holloway, or Spoonful of Sarah, a lawyer turned fun entrepreneur who swapped the suits and heels to co-found Matcha Maiden and Matcha Milk Bar. Seize the Yay is a series of conversations on finding a life you love and exploring the self-doubt, challenge, joy and fulfilment along the way. Before we start today, I just want to thank you all again for all the time you take to vote on polls, submit suggestions, email in your feedback or learnings from listening along. We all have such busy lives these days and I really appreciate so much that you choose to spend part of your precious time engaging with CCA. Your heartfelt reflections and kind words are really what makes this such a pleasure and it just gives me so much drive to keep it up and I honestly wish I could do more episodes each week. If only there was time. <laughs> As I've mentioned, Variety of Life Path is something I have valued since the very beginning and it's been a bit constrained so far by the difficulty of finding recording times, but I just wanted to remind you that it is always on my mind. There's plenty in the works, especially with some of your wonderful submissions in the professions and trades, so thank you all so much for those. I'm working hard on following them all up. So much thought goes into the guests that you hear from, with my main concern being the yay that their story can instill in you, whether they're founders or not, and whether they have big profiles or not. And today's guest is a perfect example. Yes, she's a founder and has a big profile, but she is definitely not same-same. Tiff Hall is an exceptional human being in just about everything she turns her attention to. Incredibly book smart, but also infinitely creative, a master of several instruments, a linguist, a fitness expert with 20 years of experience, an elite athlete in her own right, an author, a TV personality, a businesswoman and a mother. While she sounds like the last person any of us can identify with, she comes from the humblest beginnings as a simple girl from Essendon growing up around the Taekwondo Centre her parents still own in Brunswick. And despite her incredible success since then, you'll hear that her roots stay very close to her heart. While many people would have taken on the reins of the family business and felt more than accomplished, Tiff is one of the most motivating people for her appetite for challenge. With Taekwondo as her first love, she is not only a black belt, but a sixth Dan Black Belt, which you'll hear all about the Dan system in the episode, but basically it means she's like six times a Black Belt and has done many, many years of subsequent study to get there. She has 20 years of fitness experience that she has channeled into a role on Gladiators, The Biggest Loser, and now into her own amazing online fitness program, Tiff XO, and she's also joined Chris Hemsworth's team on the Center app. I could keep going and giving it away now, but you'll hear it all in the episode, so I hope you feel as motivated by this one as I do. Lovely tip. 
Thank you so much for joining me. No, thank you for having me. Big I fan. Am. Oh, and stop. No, seriously. And it's a great pleasure to be here today. Oh, my gosh. I'm a big fan. This is oh, – what a moment. Oh, no, you stop. You stop. <laughs> All right. So the first segment is called mm-hmm. Way TA, which mm-hmm. is pretty much the journey of how mm-hmm. you got to where you are. And mm-hmm. I think that can be the really inspiring bit where people see, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. There's mm-hmm. a lot of work that goes in yes. to getting to a life that does make you yay. Mm-hmm. But just to break the ice, I love to start with asking everyone what the most down-to-earth thing is about them. And okay, particularly people who you know have a good profile Mm -hmm. are known for their talents and their skills and do kind of have a social media profile Mm -hmm. that can seem glossy and glamorous um but yeah I love the nitty-gritty behind the scenes so what's something super down to earth about you (laughs) well I'm a (laughs) mum let's start there um and I've been very passionate about putting out real images of motherhood on social media from the pic three days after I had Arnold of being postpartum with a very swollen uterus and having put on 30 kilos and exercising with still the brown line down my stomach that didn't fade for weeks I thought oh maybe I'm gonna have a brown line down my stomach forever um (laughs) I guess abs (laughs) yeah and I guess it's the most down-to-earth thing is being a mum Arnold comes with me to work and he's a big part of my program TIFXO I mean a memory I was just about to go and film something special and Arnold was in the bath and I had timed it to the second (laughs) bath snack dress Arnold I was already ready makeup hair camera ready and I look in the bath I turn my head for one second look in the bath he's done the biggest poo and so then you have to and we're in a hotel right so then you have to clean it clean the bath he has to have another bath like things like that happen to mums every day the difference for me is that in two minutes time I'm on camera and I have to clean the poo clean the poo and I have to get it out of my brain (laughs) and not be thinking about it and be hi how yes I'm Tiffany Hall it's fine but um yes I'm together I'm all together now but seconds ago I was scooping poo out of the drain or you know just day-to-day things cleaning high chairs um Arnold just smears food on every surface of my house (laughs) and I'm always on my hands and knees just you know scooping food from under the fridge or cleaning avocado off the fridge door or cleaning a high chair or actually just throwing the high chair in the backyard and hosing it down yes he's all you can do he's 21 months and he just squeezes a life out of food and then mushes it in his face I mean those things keep you very grounded but I also grew up in a family business a very hard-working family business not in a posh part of town and uh it was a community focus business um martial art little martial arts school so for me I grew up around real people grassroots battlers people who would really sacrifice to take my parents taekwondo classes and fitness classes and you know they couldn't afford shoes but they would come down to do their taekwondo lessons with their kids and you know it was just amazing to see that so for me I guess it's very important to keep it real because I know how much people battle out there and my parents after 35 years are still running a small taekwondo school do they Um, still run it they still run it 35 years on they still teach people in this world where people are online training and there are, anyone can be a personal trainer in 10 seconds and never have a client but take hot selfies. 
you know, they're still on the ground working with people one-on-one. And that's how I got into this business, to be around people, to make change, to personally connect and to keep personal training personal. So for me, (laughs) it's, it's very important that it's authentic and that it comes from the right place. And I guess keeping it real, I can't help but keep it real when we're in Coburg and Heidelberg <laughs> and yeah. Broadmeadows where our Taekwondo schools are and that's where I hang out and that's where I train and that's there, you know, it, I don't have schools in posh parts of town. We are still where we started yeah. and it keeps me very, very grounded. So, Oh, that's such yeah. a good answer. I think yeah. that is one of the, the most endearing things about you is oh. that you do have this huge profile on a global scale mm. and are doing incredible things but you still are you're just you're just tiff you're just yeah, you just and, tiff. and look my community for tiff xo we have a facebook community and when i started out with this i wanted to connect to the members daily and i started like putting a bit of lippy on and oh how do i look <laughs> chatting to the members and then i thought oh this isn't sustainable to always have a perfect face and to always be in makeup. So I just dropped it. And if I'm in the middle of cooking Arnie some eggs in the kitchen and he's in a mess and he's yelling and I still log into the Facebook community and say, hey guys, you know, make sure you put 20 minutes aside for yourself today. Give them a quick tip. How are you going? I'm here for you. Any questions, put them below. It, it, it's just sustainable to keep it real. And I still touch base with them every single day. And I love reading their stories. And they're, they're, they're just real women. They're just real women who are juggling and sacrificing. And, you know, women are warriors. They really do put everyone before themselves. And I just don't want women to be doormats. I don't want them to, to ever, like, feel like they can't give to themselves or feel guilty for that. So... Yeah, that's why I touch base with them every day. Just say, come on, oh, you matter. Chief. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We haven't even asked the first question yet. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm ready to go. I'm, no, I'm a warrior. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're warriors. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So taking it back to the very beginning, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, mm-hmm. Brody, mm-hmm. Brody girl, um, mm-hmm. grew up with parents uh, in a taekwondo mm-hmm. studio that they still have, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Your dad was an Olympian. Mm-hmm. Your mum is mm-hmm. a black belt. Mm-hmm. Jeanette, mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah, yeah she's fit. So <laughs> I've seen a couple of yeah. a couple of photos. She's I, keeping it tidy at sixty three. She's oh, amazing. What, what a legend. Yeah. Poor. <laughs> she just you know, it's the consistency of training. It's not magic. It's just like every day she does something. She's just at it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, bloody Jeanette. Yeah. Love yeah. it. <laughs> Classic Jeanette. So I think one of the really cool things when you look back at people's childhoods is that you often can see, even if they didn't know it at the time, mm. you can kind of see where they ended up and how mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it does often involve a lot of straying away from that and coming back Mm -hmm. to it and kind of finding what Mm -hmm. your strengths are and your interests and then Mm -hmm. uniting them in the end. Mm -hmm. But back then, when did you realise firstly that you wanted to be in this industry? Mm -hmm. What did you think that you would be when you Mm -hmm. were younger? Did you start martial arts and think that that would be your career? Mm -hmm. Were you competitive in in that or did you – were you just a kid with a childhood and you didn't think about careers until later on? No, I was always very driven, very driven. But – I resisted training, fitness, martial arts my whole life, really. I was very good at Taekwondo because my parents were amazing and my dad being an Olympic coach for more than four Olympics, I was surrounded by elite Olympians my whole life, elite, elite. So it was like osmosis. I just 
learn taekwondo it was my life it was in my blood it was my family it was like our religion and i did love it i did i did ballet i did diving i did athletics i <laughs> i played the trumpet the piano and the drums i do you know what they are the same three instruments oh really that is such a random combination <laughs> i still play the piano no one it. else has ever done those three Why? really it's the most random combination that is so ever. funny yeah i love <laughs> percussion and then i love the trumpet but i've stuck with piano i you know, graded and stuck with it. So I did all these other things and I did ballet on a scholarship for 14 years at a high level as well, but I became too muscular and my ballet teacher said, if you, I wanted to go for a scholarship at the Victorian Arts um, and I did, but she said, you'll have to pull back on the martial arts training because you are getting too muscular. And that's when I said, "Mm, well, if I don't have the body type and my heart's not really in it, I did choose to go with Taekwondo. But it came to a point where if I wanted to go and compete in Taekwondo at a higher level. It was actually my father, an Olympic coach who was a professional fighter himself, sat me down and said, oh no, 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 no. You are not going to be a competitor. You're going to university. You're gonna get yourself an education and you're gonna be the first person in this family to get a tertiary education. Off you go. And I was like, oh dear, but then, you know, will I will always regret it? And for me, it was a big part of me not wanting to be a personal trainer, Back in the day, personal trainers were seen as a bit dumb and like it wasn't a career, it was a hobby. Yeah. There, there was no path there. Yeah. Uh, for me to work in fitness back then, the only choice would have been to open up my own Taekwondo school, but it was very niche mm. and it was a lot of hard work. And also it's a sacrifice for women because the classes run from 3 to 9, 10 p.m. So if you start thinking about family life and things, you work nights. So it's difficult running your own business. So it wasn't something that I wanted to do because I did want to have kids. Mum and dad were very unique in that they were married. So dad would teach classes, mum would run the back end of the business, you know, or mum would be in classes and dad could, you know, they could bounce off each other. They were like a good team. Me on my own, I thought I can't do that. So it was a no. I did very well at school. I was very, very academic. I got nearly a perfect ATAR score. And I could have done medicine, could have done law, could have done anything, but I was always attracted to writing. I loved creative writing. And even though people told me that creative writing was a hobby, not a career, I wanted to be an author back then. I wanted to write stories. <laughs> and even now I get so embarrassed saying it. I'm like, what was I thinking? Like, just sit around. Like, I just thought it wasn't a plan. I just wanted to write stories. I was just like, there was no plan there. So I did do a Bachelor of Arts Media and Communications. I did a Diploma of Modern Languages in French because I was I studied French at school and really wanted to do advanced French at uni and I loved that and I went to Paris and I lived there and I finished my French degree in Paris and it was university was fantastic but I was very um, determined to be a writer and I went to the Herald Sun and I was freelancing for magazines and I had my own column at the Herald Sun at that time but then my boyfriend dared me to enter a fitness competition which I did and I kicked his ass um, but <laughs> I didn't know did. what the fitness thing was and it was an audition for a tv show gladiators and at the end of it he he got you know he got booted and I became a gladiator and it was probably that moment when I moved to Sydney and became a gladiator that I realized I had a, a real talent for coaching people because 
there were like 14 gladiators and there was tiny five foot tiff. Like I was so little, I couldn't even see over the games on gladiators. Like I was in the gauntlet and I was jumping to see out of it. Like I was so little, I couldn't even step one step on the pyramid. So, and then there was little Tiff and I would order the gladiators around these 200 kilo men, coach them and tell them what to do. And they'd listen to me. I was like, oh, I think I have a gift for coaching. And I really (laughs) did love it. And I thought, oh, this fitness thing started to take off and there was a book deal and then there was morning TV and then the biggest loser rang off the back of it. And I was like, no, guys, I don't want to do fitness. I've done fitness my whole life. My parents are fitness instructors. There's no end goal here. Like, what do you do? You know what, work hour to hour. In my head, I wanted to make money whilst I was sleeping. I didn't want to be on the clock being paid 40, 100 bucks an hour personal training one-on-one. I wanted to make money whilst I slept, but I didn't know how to do that. And I thought, writing, I can sell books while I slept. But then the internet was born. Then social media was (laughs) born. I know. And then all of a sudden, I'm in my third series of Biggest Loser. And I went from it rating so well. It was the highest rating TV show and format on television. And my managers, everyone's so happy. It's rating in the millions. Fabulous. And then in the third series, people like companies and coming for campaigns and to pump products and all of that. And they were asking me, how many Twitter followers do you have? And I'm like, what is Twitter? (laughs) And I said, no, I'm on a high rating television show. And they said, we don't care how many Facebook followers do you have? I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm not even on Facebook. And then of course, Instagram, I wasn't even on Instagram. I joined in 2015 or something. So it was a very, I'm sorry, I'm also rambling off the question, but it was a very (laughs) interesting time for me working in television, the pinnacle of media and social media being born. And all of a sudden television almost being obsolete in terms of advertising products and building your profile and your clout. And so I joined Instagram and I was like, oh, what do I take a photo of? I took a photo of my runners. Mm, Two likes. Okay. I was like, something else. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) What do we do now? You know, chuck up a quote. And it was like the old days. Right. And so it was, it's been such an interesting journey going from grassroots of being a one-on-one personal trainer, fitness person on the ground, teaching thousands of people. And, you know, maybe sometimes I do 90 classes a week oh in term, across different gyms, body pump, body combat, personal training, plus my Taekwondo classes, plus my elite sparring, you know, students and things like that. Doing that, then moving into TV and then social media being born. It's like I've watched all the fakes rise And I just think, oh my gosh, I've been on this epic journey from the very beginning. And so, I don't know, it's instilled me with a confidence and I can see what works. And I don't know, it's just been such a fascinating journey going back to my media training at (laughs) Melbourne University (laughs) where we were talking about audiences and the whole degree is just means nothing now because we're talking about audiences and all these new audiences are fragmented now. You know, it's changed. The world has changed. And I just laugh at my degree. I actually should burn it or tear it up because <laughs> not it, at it all. Just You're the OG. It doesn't relate at all. And I just think about those teachers and go, what would they say now? <laughs> but I kind of think that that's why your story is so interesting because the way that it's been timed, you literally have crossed that intersection yeah. of time where what you learn at one stage is completely irrelevant a little while later, but you have to reinvent yourself and, yes. and adapt in a way that, you know, I and use the word pivot all the yeah, time. Pivot. 
You've pivoted. pivoted. And also the industry I was working in has completely been revolutionized in terms of these fitness online apps. And, you know, my my program TIFXO is going off its brain. It's very successful, but also I work on another program as well on a global level. And it's just incredible seeing that people working out at home and the accessibility and what that gives to people is so magic. I just love being able to be in people's living rooms, I guess. And I think that's amazing. That Mm. has been such an amazing pivot that you have kind of found yourself like with your studies a bit obsolete and and finding yourself like what's happening? I started out in in that OG time, Mm. but to have TIFXO, to be mm. part of Centre and mm-hmm. to be able to still leverage all the changes but keep delivering what you originally wanted to do is incredible. And to have the experience, I guess. Yeah, behind because, you. Because, you know, you do see a lot of people with a lot of followers and big audiences out there, but they just don't have those years. Mm. And I just think, you know, it does come down to the value of your product. And I'm just so confident in programming safe and effective exercise for people, for the masses, because you're not in front of me anymore. Yeah. I don't have a class and I'm not reading your body going, this will work for you. I never see you. Yeah. So it, you... I, I just think these programs have to rely on those years of experience to be successful, yeah, coming into it. And there are so many that to distinguish mm. yourself, mm. there is, there's experience and quality of the things. Yeah. And, and the feeling that you give people is what's going yeah. to keep them there yeah. as a community. Yeah. So tell us about going from, you know, Gladiator and the TV experience, mm-hmm. wondering at that stage before social mm-hmm. media or at the very start, what you thought would come of that career. And then when you decided as things changed that TFXO could actually be a thing, like mm. how did that process go for you I think yeah people get very overwhelmed about decisions about the future Mm. and it's always really good to know how other people made those decisions and there was overwhelm and the thing with television which is so funny is that it's a contract and when it's over it's not over yeah it's a Truman show so you film your last episode and it airs and then it's like like the Truman show bye (laughs) (laughs) and you're sitting at home going okay what do I do like on Tuesday I don't know because it's been so full on and you've been in that contract and then everyone just disperses and you never hear from them. The PR rounds are done and you're just like, bang, nothing. And I would go into a little bit of a funk going, oh, now what? You literally are waiting for the phone to ring. Yeah. And so I got a book deal and I thought that was it. Yay, book deal. Okay, I'm going to sell millions of copies. I'm set here. No, Australia's a very small market. (laughs) Not millions. I've now published... We'll have. I've got two book deals at the moment. I will have published over twelve books by the end of next year. Oh my um, god! And I've sold into different territories from North America to Korea to you know, and they've been very successful. But you know, it it's still you have to be realistic that you know social media has impacted publishing. That book shops are shutting down. That you know you have to be realistic in terms of that. But back then I thought that was a dream. Oh, I'm just going to publish a book. That's the plan. But then, um, so you wanted to be an author? Yeah, I just stage. wanted to write, and I did start. I gave up my fourth season of Biggest Loser to write my children's novels. There were three. I had a contract for three novels. Is that Ninja? And yeah, my little Roxy Ran, oh. White Ninja, Red Samurai, Black Warrior, and I sat down to write them. And I was like, okay, I'm a writer. Sit down to write, <laughs> and then two hours in, I was very lonely, and then. Three days in, I was like missing fitness so badly. I thought, oh, my goodness. (laughs) What have I done? Oh, no, I think I like fitness. (laughs) And so then it was I wanted to do something, but I didn't know how to find a team. I didn't know how to find 
anything. Like I didn't, didn't know. I didn't actually have the money to start my own business. And so I was just teaching in my parents' Taekwondo school and I thought, oh, I've ended up where I started. (laughs) Like I've gone off and done TV. I've gone off and had these great experiences, but I'm back where I started. And I thought "Mm, I might be stuck here. And that's great. And I love our Taekwondo schools and that would have been a fantastic life. But I was very ambitious and I wanted to train people everywhere. And people were contacting me all around Australia contacted me through this magical Twitter saying, come train me, come train me. I'm like, how? I'm in Melbourne. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm in Coburg, babe. I don't know I'm what to do. <laughs> like, how do I get there? So I was like, mm. and then um, I met someone through, my husband's a comedian and through his comedian friend, I met someone who was running like a app development company and I had a tiny idea. And I said to her, would you let me train you for 30 days straight? And, see what and you know, I have this little idea to get brides fit because I thought with Facebook, I could track people who had just gone engaged with digital <gasps> marketing. I could target them and I could offer them a 30 day get fit for your wedding, drop a few dress sizes. There's a great deadline there. Oh my There's gosh. a huge, you know, brides will pay anything for it. It was my idea. Great so I idea. Said, so progressive. So I've, I've written this program, right? And I said to, I said to Lou, okay, I'll train you and your whole team for 30 days straight. And if you like my training style and if you have fun doing the training and the program, then maybe we can think about doing something together. And she said, sure. And every day they turned up to my Taekwondo school. And um, Oh, they trained at the Taekwondo yeah, school? Oh yes, my that's the only studio I got, right? So they come in, come in guys, and I just train them every day. Is it martial arts based? It was martial arts based. I mean, punching is very effective, toning up a body and the kicks for the legs and the butt and, you know, but there was a bit of weights, but you can use anything around the house like soup cans or whatever. So I took them through my idea and they would bring their husbands and wives and their dogs and everyone would just jump in. (laughs) Um, And we ended up having a phenomenal time. And at the end of the 30 days, she's like, I think this is bigger than brides. I think it's not just for brides. I think that you should do this. We should do this for everybody. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. Because then the fear kicks in. Oh, of no. course. That's I don't know what I'm doing for everybody. I knew what I was doing for brides. That's what's in my head. I'm just, I don't want to conquer the world. Oh, no. And the fear sets in and you think, oh, no, that's, you know, what all these other trainers are doing. I can't do that. But I took a chance and we started talking and, and then people started signing up. I'm like, what? <laughs> Hi, Hi, you guys. <laughs> Hi. And then they started getting really into TIFXO and they started calling themselves ninjas. And they're like we're one of Tiff's ninjas and I'm like, say what? And then it's stuck and now I have thousands and thousands of ninjas and they're so passionate. Oh, they built their own community. Yeah, they built their community. They call themselves ninjas and they've been there and most of my ninjas stay around. They hang around. Like it's not a fast turnover of like try this for 30 days and then they go to another app or whatever. Like they have ninjaversaries where they celebrate their (laughs) one year on TiffXO and their two year on TiffXO and they connect with each other and they've made buddies and they've been friends forever and – It feels like they – I recently was filming in Byron Bay and this is an example and I was filming with international trainers who don't know who Tiff is or what I do here at all and I'm standing on a cliff top and the waves are coming in and I'm trying to model and they're modelling with me for these photos and there's just the general public swelling around us and they just keep walking past going, hey, Tiff, (gasps) hey, Tiff. And the trainers go, oh, are these friends of yours? And I'm like, no, they're just like – fans and they're like they're just why are they so casual i'm like (laughs) people just feel like they know me they don't come up and go oh my god it's tiffany hall they're just like 
hey, Tiff, and they keep walking. And it was just cracking me up that they just feel so connected to me that they don't stop for a photo. They don't interrupt. I was in the supermarket yesterday and I got stopped by three people. You know, hey, can we have a photo? I'm like, mm, we're, we're in the milk section. Like, yeah. you like, <laughs> and I was saying Let's to move them, to like, a sexier meat, section. milk, dairy, veg, chocolate. Like, what looks better? Like, And then, <laughs> then they're like, oh, we'll just take a photo anyway. So they take photos of me and I'm like in my Uggs. And I'm like, oh, God, you know when you think you're never going to see anyone and oh, Arnie's got totally. food all over him and I'm like, oh, worst mother ever. <laughs> I just take a photo and they're just so chill and yeah. kind and that's the TIFXO community, the fact that we've made this so approachable and so personal and I challenge anyone out there to go look at other online programs and you won't find anything as personal as TIFXO. It's just like, hey, Tiff, and we just chill and we share our most vulnerable moments and you know, I cry to them. I say, hey, I don't want to work out today. It sucks. I don't feel like it. And then they all jump on and go, come on, you can do it, Tiff. And I'm like, oh, okay. Oh like gosh. we just share everything and it's just been the most beautiful experience. That's mm. so amazing. Yeah. And so from a technical standpoint in developing the program mm-hmm. and everything, how have you gone from like where in the timeline did you do your cert for mm-hmm. in fitness? And then you're also yeah, a God. sixth Dan black yes, belt. Yes, yes, yes. When did you manage all those assessments? to actually mm. get your black belt and oh. all the dance on it. The By the way, it's a, it's a like, numbered system. It's not like she had to do six different yes. things. It's like six times a black belt. So. Yeah, it's six <laughs> times over. It's so big. Like to put in perspective with the dance system, you earn your first dance when you become black belt. And then from first dance to second dance is two years of training. Second to third, three years on top of that. Third to fourth, four years on top of that fifth five years and from fifth to six it's six years of training so it's like all up 14 15 years or whatever on top of black belt so i did my sixth <laughs> just dance. casually yeah it's like forever isn't it and I've, i'm currently training for my seventh which is another seven <gasps> years but it's honorary so i have to go to the world taekwondo federation headquarters in cookie seoul in korea and i have to do something write a thesis and wow. contribute to the sport in a way that it is an honor and they give it to you honorary so um i'm working on that got to think of it just in your spare time yeah (laughs) um, i am training for it but you know the certs came like oh god 16 17 like young um i was assistant instructing from the age of 12 um and i earned my like little instructing qualifications (laughs) like at 16 i could take a class on my own which was huge um but experience behind that yes it was so awesome (laughs) and then i was allocated at that time eight students every instructor got eight students so i had eight and then from then I could grow my class to like 20 or 30. Yeah. But like the certs came, I reckon, 16, I'd have to look, but young. I did it very young and I did my diploma of sports coaching in my early 20s and that sort of coincided with qualifications like body pump, um, kickboxing, one and two, body combat, body balance, those sorts of qualifications. And then my sixth and black belt was before I got pregnant, got pregnant in 2016, I think it was 2016 I got my sixth dan, um, just before I started TIFXO actually. Oh, um, my gosh. And I'm glad I did it then because then I got <laughs> pregnant and it just would not have happened doing shoulder throws and hip throws and sparring and being pregnant. And then, oh, God. Not a great environment for yeah, that. Yeah, so I'm glad on. I got it out of the way. I had to board break and all sorts of things. So it was very physical. So it was on my, like, bucket list. I really wanted to do it and – 
I had a bit of downtime and we were developing Tifexo. And I thought if I'm going to develop Tifexo, then I want to take my, I want to, you know, future proof and level up my qualifications and martial arts, I believe the striking and the, the fitness and the conditioning of martial arts is second to none. And like not just like people go, oh, it's Tifexo martial arts. It's not, it's got a little bit of a twist, a punch and a kick here and there, but it's just transformative for the mind as well. Oh, so that's incredible. Yeah, that's why oh, I believe so in exciting. it. So exciting. Yeah. So that was about 2016. Yeah. Uh, so the program's about three years old now. Yes, yes. And you've recently joined the Centre team mm-hmm, as well, which mm-hmm, is why you mm-hmm. were in Byron. So mm-hmm. if every, if anyone hasn't heard of Centre yet, it's Chris Hemsworth's uh, fitness app mm-hmm. that is kind of all-encompassing there are yeah. lots of different trainers on the team yeah. that you know all together kind of work different parts mm-hmm. of your body your mind and your soul mm-hmm. and the idea is that you go to one spot and you can kind of get you know a comprehensive team. wellness yeah. team behind yeah. Thor you know yeah so it is no surprise to me that you were handpicked for that of yeah. the million fitness people in the world that there are out there that you are one of that team so how did that happen and um, how are you balancing both apps yeah look um I guess it was the results and the reputation of Tifexo that caught his eye. He saw me on Instagram. He saw the engagement. He saw the the level of love and um, it was the engagement mm-hmm. that he wanted. Obviously, you know, I can kick butt when I need to and that was cool. <laughs> I'm Aussie as well. And, there's, yeah, it, it, there's not many women on centre, so it was a really awesome offer I could not say no to. And it's been a fantastic experience working with different coaches and trainers on, you know, such a high level. And for me personally, I've always been a one-woman show. Um, <laughs> so it was a whole new ball game. Yeah, so I'm like, <laughs> get out of my shot. Like, <laughs> I was a little bit like, oh, I have to share the camera. Oh, no, but I don't mind it. Chris, go over there. Um, (laughs) Go over there. I actually have made a lot of really good friends on the training team and it's been fun talking trainer speak and like, (laughs) oh, yeah, let's chat about this and – it's, it's just been a wonderful experience and I think I've learnt a lot from an Olympic boxer, you know, MMA experts, functional training experts, Pilates, like phenomenal and it's made me a better trainer and it's it, it's really enhanced TIFXO I think because all that knowledge is in me Yeah, and I'm able to present better and um, yeah, it's wonderful. It has doubled my physical output in terms of fitness videos and that's something I have to be mindful of in terms of scheduling recovery and physio and things but um that's what I was going to ask if you're signed up to one Mm. then you're still going to get exclusive new content on the other to anyone listening you'll get different things from both yeah they're very different um TIFXO very personal and very women woman focused but um it's it's yeah it's hard because the the physicality of what I do. I present fitness videos. It's exhausting. And I try and bang out 20 to 30 a day. And then, you know. <gasps> a day. Yes. And TIFXO offers, like the thing that I love about TIFXO is that I promise a fresh workout every day. And we're always creating new programs from hyper to blaster to fighter to flow. And I'm always honoring my my community's commitment by giving them brand new workouts. I don't want them to get bored and I love variety in my own training. So Mm. I really do offer that 
But some days I'm like, why did I commit to this? <laughs> yeah. And I also coach them. So I'm talking whilst I'm exercising, which makes the heart rate go right up. Oh, my gosh. Um, but I do love it. And I do that for Centre as well. And I love both programs. And I, I just feel I feel very grateful to be part of Centre. And um, it, it's been a wonderful experience. I travelled traveled the world, meeting these trainers, filming with them and um, and I've met Chris and his family are so, you know, down to earth and everything that they are, that they seem to be in their public profile. They are relaxed. Chris loves to just train in a pair of boardies <laughs> and it's like, oh, I'm at home. Like you just feel so like yeah. at home. And we've actually been to a couple of their New Year's parties. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Because uh, they had come to Milk Bar a couple of times. Yes. Leonie and Craig used to live oh. around the corner from Matcha Milk Bar. Oh, they're fun. And Liam and Miley are vegan. Oh, yeah. So they course. came to Matcha Milk Bar. I did see that on yeah. Insta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I was the same. As soon as I saw them, I was like, "You guys are just Phillip Island boys who love their parents. You st- yeah. they still do Christmas together. No like they're just they're so boring. chill. Yeah, they yeah. Are. yeah, it is it's boring. Great. You're like, it's oh, great. you guys are too vanilla. It's, no, it's they're amazing. Great. They're amazing. And you know, Elsa came to set recently. <gasps> she turns amazing. up, no shoes, just bare feet, and no makeup, and A she's stunning. Byron Bohemian princess, <laughs> like gorgeous. <laughs> I'm just like, oh. Says you, who's sitting there, by the way. I'm just like, you are so amazing. She's so cool. So it's, and she's like, in Spanish. And Chris is like, what? Yeah. You know, so it's very cute. Oh, how amazing. Yeah. So So you mentioned hyper before Mm -hmm. as one of the workouts. Mm -hmm. And I know this is a new TIFF EXO workout Mm -hmm. that's been focused on the postpartum experience. Yes. And that's something that you've shared very, very openly Mm -hmm. in quite an unusual way because I think that's kind of rare on social media Mm -hmm. for people to share. Some people, it's getting, better Mm -hmm. and more accepted to be more authentic Mm -hmm. and to share some of the less glamorous parts but Mm -hmm. not so much people don't so much do the things that are body image related or that are a woman's most vulnerable time particularly when your body's a billboard like mine and yeah. sells <laughs> yeah. fitness memberships the last thing you'd want to show is you know an overweight out of shape body but you know? i and i don't think that you're overweight and out no, of shape but at all but i think i think but i think it's made you so human and mm. so much more relatable that you mm. did share you put on 30 kilos you did share that you didn't snap back you know you mm. had you see these crazy yeah drops Bounce of weight backs. within seven days kind of thing and mm. it's like it sets up these expectations for women's bodies who don't do that or who can't do that healthily mm-hmm. that, you know, that's the expectation of most people. And yeah. I totally acknowledge it happens naturally for some people, yes, but I, absolutely. I don't Everybody's think that's different. the case for Everybody's everyone. Everybody's different. And I think you share what you want to share and your body is your own. But um, for me, and I talked about it recently in my TEDx talk. I, I was about, about to say, yeah. Yeah, bouncing forward, not bouncing back. And for me, in order to bounce forward and to come out of it more powerful and strong and feeling you know, feeling that I had preserved that relationship with exercise and health and fitness that I so dearly have loved for my whole life. My mental health was priority. And I thought if I slog it out in the gym and sacrifice my son and time with him, which just goes like in a flash and deprive myself because I'm a fitness expert, I know what it takes to bounce back and it takes a deficit of food and, you know, an increase in training and I know all the tricks and I know (laughs) that that wouldn't make me happy. Yeah. And so I was breastfeeding as well and I had a very good milk supply and all I cared about at that time was making sure that I kept the milk and that I ate well and that the milk was good for the baby. You know, over-exercising would have affected that. So um, I did just go stuff it and I really don't care what people think. 
and I put it out there because I thought, geez, I've put on 30 kilos after a sick pregnancy. <laughs> it's going to take some time to shift it. I can't just go MIA for like the next year whilst I get fit again. I'm proud of my body. So I'm like, is that bad? So I just sort of like put it out there and was like, well, if you want to follow me and get on board, then I'm going to look a bit different for a while (laughs) and I'm still going to train you. And I said to myself, I've put on 30 kilos. I'm all soft. I've lost my muscle tone. I've lost my strength and conditioning. It doesn't make me less of a trainer or a coach, but I look a bit different. So you can come with me or not. And my husband was on board, Arnie's on board, Arnie's on board. We're just like, that's it, guys. And it's been very powerful. It, it caused was, quite a stir. It did the opposite of what I anticipated. I said to Ed, I remember putting out the photo that caused all the controversy. And I remember saying to Ed, oh, TFXO is over. I feel so bad. I've let the whole team down because these are business people who have sacrificed too. Everyone's put in. I've let them all down. I didn't have a fit pregnancy, the little bump you know, inactive where I didn't do that. I was like, it's over. And I was so devastated. And then all of a sudden, memberships started going up and women who were in the same position as me started training with me and saying, I just had a baby uh, a day after Arnold. I'm on board. What are we going to do? And I was like, mm, okay, we'll start with some gentle activations. <laughs> Let's okay. go for a walk. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then we're going to work on the pelvic floor. Cool. What's next? And I was like, oh my God, okay, we're doing this together, guys. All right. And it just sort of swelled and there was a freedom to it. And I've always felt that freedom with social media in that I feel very um, confident in my abilities and I feel very supported by my family. And so, you know, what's the worst that can happen? I put out a photo and I, I don't know, like people go, oh, that's gross. <laughs> I don't cares? know. Like yeah. I don't care. I just yeah. go back to my husband who loves me or I delete it. I mean, I do think social media does need to have some sort of perspective and, you know, that's all good too. It's very powerful and I do love it, but also – it's not worth losing sleep over. So I, I find, you know, yeah, I, I just put out what I feel is real and will help women. And then, yeah. That's such a good attitude. And and actually, I think very, very admirable and quite rare. I don't think many people mm-hmm. have as balanced an approach to social media and are struggling. It's quite a new phenomenon. You know, it's weird and it's hard to get used to yeah. where our boundaries lie and how to use it the right mm-hmm. way and get the most out of it because mm-hmm. it's an incredibly powerful and amazing platform. Mm-hmm. But it can have downsides if you have the wrong, you know, attitude mm-hmm. or if you do let it, if you take it personally because yeah. there's always going to be people who yeah. comment on and what you're doing. And exactly. That's the and nature of it. You know, for me, coming from a family that is – um you know, they're battlers and we still have, you know, our, our taekwondo schools and, you know, I, I have close friends and good family, but they are not in the media and they're not on social media. So you have to remember that when you're taking photos and you're getting content, like for them, it's not normal. Like, oh my God, I'm on, I'm on your Instagram and I have a big Instagram. Like it's not big, big, but you know, no, it's a big, it's big. 90,000 people. That's that a lot see of a photo. Yeah. So for someone who's not used to it, it can be it's quite jarring. daunting. My husband chooses not to be on social media at all. Like completely zero. So, and he works in the media. Which I was going to say, he's very a comedian. Odd. Like he's a comedian. On he's on one of the most successful television shows in history of the network. Yeah, and he's on commercial radio as well, so it is bizarre. But he doesn't want to share his family in that way. He's happy for me to do it, but he doesn't feature on my Instagram at all. Um, 
And it's actually good for us. It's healthy for our relationship because it keeps our marriage separate. And the funny thing is I get asked often, is your marriage okay? And I, <laughs> I write back, about I it. go, okay. I go, uh, why? And they're going, well, Ed is not on your Instagram. I'm worried for your relationship. I'm like, thank you for your concern. Or they ask, where is Ed? And I always laugh because I'm like, he's taking the photo, babe. Like, yeah, where do you think? If I'm do you holding think Arnold, <laughs> who's taking the photo? You know, so people get very concerned. But um, I assure you the marriage is all it's rock solid and um, he just chooses not to be in the pics and it's fine because it is my business and my relationship with my ninjas and it's my thing and and I'm very proud as a woman that I do my own thing and you know he's not he's not a part of it I don't need him or you know to be in it for likes or anything so it it works yeah and good on him as well for taking a stance that's a little bit different it's a little (laughs) bit confusing to some people it is he could flog himself for all it's worth and but I'm so proud to know to even have heard of someone who's chosen not to do it zero and he's left twitter and you know i just he just goes that's something that i don't want to spend my time on yeah and so sucks the time out of you it does suck the time (laughs) out of you and so it's fine and i respect it and i just say to people it's not on social media and i respect that i'm not going to push him so you know he'll he'll make a reg appearance like once he walked into a video I was filming making a Tifexo blondie slice and he ate it and I was like oh awesome (laughs) what do you think I'm like you're on Instagram (laughs) but you know it's fine if he makes a little cameo every now and then but day to day not (laughs) so that leads me to the next section which Mm -hmm. is called an ATA and Mm -hmm. that's all the challenges along the way that have gotten in the way of you Seizing, yeah, you know, finding your joy. And I think for a lot of people, a a really common resounding issue, particularly for women, is self-doubt. Yes. Especially when they're making some kind of big life change Mm -hmm. or when they're doing something that isn't super conventional and might Mm -hmm. be a bit against the grain. It sounds from what you've said that you're actually quite confident in your decisions Mm -hmm. and I so admire how sure you are Mm -hmm. that this is right for you and you're going to do it that way. But have you had any other challenges along the way of, being in the public eye or being so busy, facing burnout, juggling so many Mm. balls at once, particularly with it being so physically demanding on your Mm -hmm. body. And then having a family, like being a mum who's got a big career, do you get mum guilt? How do you find the balance? And how do you find people commenting all the time on how you make your choices? Yeah, that is hard. I do think burnout is probably n- the number one thing of yeah. all the fitness programs Doesn't surprise out me. there. <laughs> yeah, of all the fitness programs out there, I'm a one-woman show. It's TIFF, TIFF XO, and nothing gets done without TIFF. Every, every post, every EDM, everything, it's all me. And so, yeah, burnout is a big one, particularly because I also am so physical in what I do. Um, with the fitness videos as well. But that's something that I have to manage and I do have to talk to Ed and we have a weekly diary meeting and scheduling physio for me is very important. I'm not 24 anymore. I carry some (laughs) niggles. (laughs) So, you know, I need to stay on top of that. Um, I guess having Arnold was the most challenging time in my career running a business. I mean, I was on email whilst I was in the hospital. Um, I was back at work lightly working from home like Straight one away. week after I yeah. mean because there is approvals and I can't hold up the workflow these people are relying on me so um I went back on camera at eight weeks postpartum oh, wow so you know mentally that was very tough and I felt very vulnerable but what got me through is that I have a fantastic team behind me who 
care for my well-being and support me and would never do anything to feed me to the wolves. Like it's like (laughs) always making me feel comfortable. So I couldn't do it without a team behind me, of course. And then there's Ed and he's just such a wonderful support. But when I had Arnold after pregnancy and breastfeeding, you still have a lot of relaxing, flooding your system that makes your ligaments quite loose which made me get I had a lot of injuries Mm. going back to filming so I broke my ankle twice (gasps) once when Arnold was five months and I couldn't wait bear and I said the doctor's like that's okay you're on crutches you can't wait bear I said but I have a baby how do I (laughs) how am I gonna carry how do I get him out of the cot he can't walk like he's five months and I need to like carry him and breastfeed him and it's heavy to breastfeed like I'm like and the doctor's like you'll be fine I was like oh my goodness (laughs) I just need a crane to lift him out of his bed this is insane (laughs) and then because Ed works he gets up at four for breakfast radio so the mornings are an issue I'm on my own in in the mornings it's not like someone wakes up to get Arnold out of the cot so I had to hire like a nurse to help me Mm. and then of course the ankle was weak and I re-broke it again and I had broken my coccyx in childbirth but just sort of lived with it because so much is wrong and sore and you can't feel the difference everything's just (laughs) a little bit you know effed up after having a baby so you're like oh that's that'll just go away but when it didn't and I had a scan and they said your coccyx actually broken and I was still filming fitness videos and just plowing on with life (laughs) so I guess that time I felt very vulnerable I had injuries I was trying to do what I did before but in a new body And I didn't have the strength and conditioning. But again, my community just saved me. I was just honest. TIFXO became a lot more about um, building the smaller muscles and it became about (laughs) honing and sculpting and bringing down the intensity. And that's the great thing about TIFXO. It sort of ebbs and flows with, you know, sometimes we're like going hit and then other times we're like sculpting and slow. And, you know, I just said, hey, I've got an injury. I've only got one leg. So now I'm going to show you how to, if if you've got a disability, if you've got sore knees or ankles, we're going to work out sitting down. So I got in my chair and I did work out sitting down. And the ninjas are like, oh, I'd love to sit down and do exercise. So <laughs> it's like it just – I take them with me. Yeah. And um, But it was a very vulnerable time. And, and I'm trying to work out what do you do with a baby? Like what actually do you do? Like day one, I didn't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. So it was like working out feed times and sleeping and trying to get him to sleep through the night. And I was very strict on a routine because I thought – if I'm going to be at work, I need this child to be on a routine, to know when his nap times are, to know when his feeds are, because I would have Ed drive him to set so I could breastfeed him every three to four hours and then Ed would take him home. So I was so committed to the breastfeeding, being a mum, but also keeping the business running. And, you know, I was working with all men crew, phenomenal, <laughs> and I'd have my breast pump and I'd say I need a minute and they're like what is that like a huge pump I'm like it's my booby pump I'll be back in five minutes because I'd be in the middle of filming and I'd have a let down and milk would be and they'd be like oh my god oh my god what is happening but everyone just so supportive I just go I'll be just be a second go fix it come back okay we're good you know like it was just a time of um juggling and absolutely juggling juggling adjusting and survival a real survival and I was committed to this business I wasn't going to let it go 
never and I will never let it go. But um, it was about reaching out and saying, hey, guys, I'm struggling. I need support. And we just did what we had to. Wow. Oh, my gosh. You are Wonder Woman. No, not. I just took my time. I did take my time. I wasn't – I didn't snap back. I'm not a Wonder Woman. I just I did it. And a lot of women are doing it a lot harder. Yeah. They've got three, four kids. They don't have the resources that I have to – to, to hire a nurse if they break the ankle, yeah. you know. So I could outsource a few things which made my life easier, you know, but every day I'm reminded how hard women do it. Mm. And um, I choose to be a working mum and I can I can have the luxury of help and things like that. But, you know, I, I admire women out there who are battling and, you know, my husband gave away on radio a year of childcare this, this week and – just the stories of women calling up and saying, this is why I need it. You know, husbands who have cancer, husbands who can't oh, work. God. You know, it's heartbreaking. I'm very, very lucky. And I, I, I remind myself of that every single day. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And what about for women who have either gone through childbirth mm-hmm. or even just any other reason, a mm-hmm. health scare or, or mm-hmm. a, just a period of busyness that's made them not as able to focus on their wellness and mm-hmm. how they physically feel as well? Body image and confidence is a really huge thing for a lot of women out there. What are the things that help you stay really confident in yourself even when you've gone through something that has changed your shape completely? How do you keep perspective? It's very hard. I would say that most days, some days I'm on camera every single day in one way or another. And there are days when, you know, I eat something that doesn't agree with me and I bloat or it's that time of the month or some days you just don't want to be in front of people, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, oh, true. I just want to be in my Uggs and my tracksuit pants and be a bit feral at home, you know. But like, Oh, babe, I'm the feralist. You know those days <laughs> yes. you just want to curl up and you're like, don't look at me, no bra. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, some days, you know, it's hard to always be on camera and I guess – it, it comes down to those healthy habits that keep me sane. There's consistency there. I have a routine. I get up at five and I train at five. Whoa. And I have a tiny little gym set up in my garage. It's so not – I will probably never put it on Instagram. I, just, I really want to see it now. It's not glamorous. <laughs> it's a treadmill and I've got a few weights, few bands and a punching bag. And my car's like parked around it and I have to like move around the car to like do it. <laughs> Sparring with your car. Yeah, it's like, you know, good footwork around the car. And then um, I train at five and then Arnold usually wakes up between 6.30 and 7. So I get it in. Then during the day, if I can do a strength and conditioning proper structured session at the gym or what I need, bonus, but usually running the business, there's stuff that happens all the time. And at least I get something done at 5 a.m. That consistency for me, it's always been my rock. And the training is much more about mental health for me than physical. And I always think to myself, how am I going to feel at the end of this? Awesome. So even if I, it's cold this morning, I don't have heating <laughs> in that garage. It's raining. It's cold. It's dark. I don't want to do it. I feel a bit run down. I just think I'll feel so awesome after it. And it sets a healthy intention for the day. And that training, it's like magic. Then I have a healthy breakfast. Then I feel like a healthy lunch. Then I feel like drinking more water. I feel like more self-care because I set that healthy intention. And I guess it's just always a focus on and this is what I'm trying to teach women a focus on how you feel not how you look because in the times of my life where I focused on how I look say I've got a photo shoot channel 10 they said that I I was under contract and they wanted me to go naked in a billboard whoa (laughs) loving the skin you're in I wasn't sure on the messaging and I was really like "Eh, guys I'm not sure about this 
But anyway, I had a nude shoot coming up and I was curled up so you couldn't see anything. And um, that would make uh, any woman pretty. Yeah, <laughs> huge billboards <laughs> around Australia. And, you know, I was focusing on how I looked then. I didn't look great. I came up really skinny and like, uh, it wasn't great. But on in times in my life when I focus on how I feel, I, my body always looks great. Yeah. And I'm like, you project what is, that feeling. Yeah, it's yeah. like energy. It's a glow. The muscle tone. It's relaxed. It's not stressed. You're not gaunt. You know, you look full and healthy and curves. And so for me, it's always about how I feel, and that dictates what I do. If I wake up and I go, oh my gosh, I've just done ten days straight filming, which I have, and this morning I didn't feel like doing twenty fast sprints and then five rounds of boxing. I went for a walk. Yeah. And I listened to a podcast on the treadmill and I just walked and the baby monitor's there. I listened to my body a lot and I felt really good after it. So, you know, listen to your body. That's, that's, a, that's a huge thing that people have to learn because they are on these excessive diets or fitness trends that actually don't suit their bodies. Mm. So it's like I'm not a massive um, power lifter, never will be. I'm a wiry, you know, interval martial artists you know fast rounds and I spar and um, agility like to put heavy weights in my hands just would never work you know but I realize that about myself so you know it's it's totally I think learning your body absolutely I think one of the things that I I don't generally in Mm. these interviews ask people what they do to work out or what they do to Mm. to for food I mean I do kind of ask vaguely what their lifestyle is but because I don't want people to hear that and then copy it because I Mm -hmm. think the most important answer in anything is I listen to what I need and even Mm. in my own body from Mm. week to week in different times of my cycle, different seasons. Yes. It's different even within one person, let alone person to person. Exactly. And that's heavy, heavy days when I'm working, I'm on the computer because I do help write workouts and, and sort of like put them together in the edit as well. Like it's heavy computer work feel lethargic you know some days I have a lot of rest days I do believe in the power of keeping cortisol levels low and so I'm of the opinion that you get better results less is more Overtraining is no good particularly for women's hormonal profile so yeah that's that's what I teach and that's what I stick to and that's why TFXO workouts they range from 10 to 20 minutes and I do believe in the consistency over the flogging yeah <laughs> yeah, the flogging. yeah you know like <laughs> yeah. hours yeah I see people on the treadmill for hours in commercial gyms and I, I have to doing? stop myself from tapping everyone on the shoulder and just saying what are you doing yeah what are you doing yeah oh I just everyone listen up everyone in the gym <laughs> stop what you're doing right now everyone's doing everything wrong you need I a megaphone I really struggle going to <laughs> commercial gym it's like the worst place for me it does my head in (laughs) oh so I think the burning question for me and Mm -hmm. I'm guessing a lot of listeners as well leads us to the next segment Mm -hmm. which is called play TA Mm -hmm. this is my favorite because it's when you kind of strip back everything that you generally know about someone Mm -hmm. because that's the stuff you hear you hear about their goal kicking you hear about Mm -hmm. their output their job their career and you don't just hear who they are outside of that if they're anyone outside of that and I think a lot of us don't even know who we are outside of being productive so mm-hmm. how do you play what do you do for yourself that's not learning it's mm-hmm. not kicking goals it's not work it's not in your role as a mother you know mm-hmm. there's TIFF mum there's TIFF worker mm-hmm. there's TIFF centre TIFF you know there's yeah. TIFF XO TIFF there's so many yeah. versions of you that you're being and delivering to communities mm-hmm. for but 
tiff for yourself, mm. what lights you up and how do you make time for those activities? Mm. I I, if to, you do. <laughs> I have to be really honest with all the tiff that goes on <laughs> and all the different tiffs. Um, there isn't a lot of time. And, you know, having a toddler in the mix, I mean, there just isn't any time for myself. Yeah. But what I try and integrate, I play the piano. That's when I'm playing the piano, it's like I can't think of anything else, you know, and the music takes over. I'm not particularly good at it. And I bash the thing, but um, <laughs> but who cares, right? It's yeah, for your I've own, always bashed it. It's for and your I enjoyment. just like it. Yeah, and someone in the room is always going to tell me to shut up, stop playing. I'm trying to watch TV every day, but I don't care. And I just put Arnold on my knee, and he runs his cars up and down the keys. <laughs> And it's distracting and it's annoying, but it's the new way that I am finding self-care. There is going to be a little person who is 21 months old sitting on my knee whenever I do anything now. Whether I'm painting my nails and he's trying to tip the nail polish everywhere or playing the piano, he's always going to be there. So it's about trying to integrate that high energy now. It's not. I can't just sit down and watch Netflix. There's always an email or a notification or something to do. I run a business. and But the thing is, you know, people say – if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. And I do love it. And it is a passion. And I've even had times where I'm on vacation and you take vacation. Yeah. I've like <laughs> gone away with Ed. Wow. We were on our honeymoon and I'm talking to the ninjas in secret because I didn't want Ed to <laughs> in know. the toilet. Like, yeah. Cause I didn't hey want girls. Ed to think, Oh, she's working on our honeymoon. But I'm like, Hey ninjas, I'm in Paris. It's really awesome. I hope you're pressing play and I hope you you're training hard. I'm not training, but I hope you are. You know, like <laughs> I just, you know, we're in New York and I did that and I just I'm so connected to these people. It's it's my community and they're like a family. So I do find my downtime is scrolling through the community. And Ed and I, Ed works pretty much seven days. We're going into seven days now because he films Have You Been Paying Attention on the weekends and he does radio from Monday to Friday and he has other projects on the side. So when we do come together, we don't want to be out in public Mm. because people do come and say hello and we love that. Please come and say hello. But if it's just us, we want to just be at home watching telly after the baby's asleep. You know, I cook something delicious off TIFXO, like I usually do a slice or something at the beginning of the week. We just chill. You know, and it's quiet and it's boring. We're both, we don't really drink alcohol or have a wine or anything. We are just very boring. Um, Back (laughs) in the day, we would have gone to movies and dinner, but there's no way with Arnold you can go to a movie now. I don't even have that excuse and I still just stay (laughs) Nick and I like. We just love being at home and, um, you know, we get joy enjoyment out of, you know, cleaning out a cupboard together or something. (laughs) Like the Tupperware drawer that's out of control and... Going, okay, we're going to marry Kondo this right now. And, you know, so married, but it's so lovely. Yeah. And, I mean, we just keep it very simple. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But I think it's beautiful that you do still do piano because it just reminds me that every single person who's out there doing things at this high energy mm. level like you are, who are achieving amazing things, mm. there's always one activity that's not related to their job yeah. at all. It's not fitness related. You're not getting anything out of it except enjoyment. And that's the only way people survive. Yeah, They stay and, fresh from uh, And I love it. And, you know, my problem now is that my mother is holding my piano ransom. <gasps> so <laughs> we moved house and I put my baby grand. I bought a baby grand. That oh, was my first heaven. purchase when I started working and I bought it before a car. 
And I thought, oh, I just will deal with that with not having a car, but I need to have a piano in my life. Like, And this piano was sitting in a restaurant and it was just a piece of furniture and it was in such good condition. I had it tuned and I bought it and it was very cheap because it was very old, but it was in beautiful condition and it had never been played and it was gorgeous. And anyway, when we were moving house and I was living in Brisbane because Ed was working on radio there, then I moved to Sydney and we were moving around until we settled and decided on the family Melbourne. Mum had the baby grand in her good room and now she won't give it up because if she, if she moves the grand out, dad will make it into a man cave and that'll wreck her whole like look. Oh yeah. And he wants to put TV in there. <laughs> so she's like, I'm not giving up the piano. And so I have to go to my mum's to play every week. So for my birthday, I've asked Ed if he could maybe buy me a piano or, nice. you know, I would love to have one in my house now and not have to go to mum's. I love how the only reason it. is to avoid the man the cave. The man cave. <laughs> does Ed and have a man cave? Does, no, he doesn't. <laughs> He's working on it. And in in the house, we've just moved house. I've actually got a piano room waiting and I want to teach Arnold and I want to oh, teach yeah. his cousin Henry. And so it's all set up and I've, I've bought a brand new piano stool. And so you just, just, you need the piano. And it's the saddest thing. It's this <laughs> empty room with a piano stool. And I said, I can't handle it, Ed. You're going to have to. And he's it. saying, I'll buy you a keyboard. And I said, oh, my God, it's so insulting. One octave. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. And he's like, I don't understand what the difference is. And I uh, do not talk to me. And we had the biggest fight in a secondhand piano shop over it. Because <laughs> he just said, just get an electric keyboard. I'm like, oh, no. my God, you're killing me. <laughs> Are you guys going to have Arnold to Taekwondo? Yes, yes, oh, I can't wait for that. So actually. cute. So we have a program from two where the where the little toddlers do it with the parent, and so yeah, he'll be able to do that by the end of the year, which would be awesome. Oh my and gosh. Um, but look, if he doesn't take to it, if he doesn't like it, fine. And my parents were like that with us. There's three siblings. I've got a younger sister and a younger brother. We all did taekwondo. We went. We came to it. We went away from it. We quit. We came back. You know, my brother quit quite early on and went on to basketball. My my sister sort of eh, quit in her 20s. But like, you never fine. forced into it. Yeah, never. Yeah. And they were just like, yeah, do what makes you happy. Yeah. I just, yeah, I just really like kicking butt. And <laughs> I did it till I was like know. 15. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, fabulous. Yeah, there's one on Glen Ferry Road. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. And I oh went for God. years and years. And because I did ballet as well, I was actually with they the Australian Ballet. Each other. Oh, my God. And they do the balance. And oh, I'm Korean. Like, yes. I didn't grow up yes. there, obviously, but I just thought it would be fun. And it yes. was so much fun. Do you speak Korean? No. Um, not at all. Because I have to teach some of it in Korean. Yeah. You know, Amadulse, yeah, Net, the numbers. Like, what am I saying? And then we employed some Korean instructors. They're oh. phenomenal. But, um, yeah, my pronunciation was way off when they came and they're like, well, what are you saying? I'm like, Chadi, could you bow? And they're like, mm, no. Oh, that's better than mine. So, <laughs> all right. Second last question. Mm-hmm. Three interesting things about you that don't normally come up in conversation. Oh, dear. Um, I know it's hard, especially when you do have a profile where people kind of know a lot about you. Yeah. I'm like, tell us something that people don't usually hear. Don't know. Just like about the real TIFF that isn't necessarily work TIFF or. Yeah, you know. I'm, I know like I just am such a homebody. Like I think people think that I'm out and about because, you know, I'm out there in the media but I just love being at home. I'm a Cancerian. I like to, and it is also. And if I don't have to leave the house, that's a great day. Like I just oh, don't want I'm to ever same. leave. Um, and I also am a plant mama. I have mm, 13 
indoor plants that I look after and that I absolutely adore and um, they take up a lot of my time (laughs) Um, watering them checking the soil obsessing about them worrying about the heaters on then the heaters off are the plants okay (laughs) and it drives (laughs) Ed crazy but um, yeah I love my plants Um, I'm so glad you can keep them alive because I I love mine but they don't stay alive yeah no I I haven't killed one of my babies yet wow well done I guess that I find a lot of um, relaxation in cleaning. I love to clean. I do the floors at night when Arnold goes to bed. They don't usually need to be done, but I love... (laughs) It's a process. Yeah, really mopping the floorboards, doing a good job. I feel like I sleep better. (laughs) I don't know. It thinks I need to see someone. um, (laughs) And I also love sugar soap. So much sugar soap yes. white. I just painted the house white, and with a toddler, he touches everything. So I'm always sugar soaping the walls to keep them white, and I just find it very cleansing. And I work stuff out in my head. If I've got an issue, get the sugar soap out, and I'm going, I'm like moving my hand like fervently across the wall. And Ed's like, Do you need to talk about something? There's something going on, isn't there? I'm like, I'm figuring it out, Ed. I'm figuring it out. And he always says, oh, gosh, if I stand still, she's going to sugar soak me. So, um, you Nick know. says that to me too. Yeah, I just like, love it. If I'm not careful, you'll vacuum me and the dog up into yes. the vacuum. Like, yes. Or I'll take his plates before he's finished eating. I know. <laughs> I know you're done. I just want to put the dishwasher yeah. on in this day. So I guess, yeah. I oh, guess they were awesome. That's a few little things people may not know about me. <laughs> and since I love quotes so much, let's finish on your favourite motivational mm-hmm. quote. Um, I think my favorite one is that dreams don't work unless you do, because a lot of people, especially young people now approach me and say, I want to be a fitness entrepreneur on Instagram. (laughs) And I'm like, "Mm, what do you mean? (laughs) And I just think, you know, it does take hard work. And for every overnight sensation is probably 10 years of slogging it out. And then all of a sudden you hit it big and it's that, you know, thing of luck, you know, it's just a moment of opportunity meeting hard work. You know, it's, it comes down to work ethics. So yeah. You're the perfect example of that. (laughs) Thank you. Thank Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Amazing. And I can't wait to see what comes next. Thank you, Sarah. I loved spending time with Tiff so much. She was such a ball of energy and particularly loved her approach to pregnancy and the postpartum experience in a world where we aren't generally encouraged to take our time with bounce backs. We did a little workout video as well while we were recording, so you can keep an eye out for that too and I'll pop links to Tiff XO Center and Tiff's website in the show notes. As always, I would love you to screenshot the episode now and share your thoughts on our chat and tag tiffhall underscore XO and myself on CCA or Spoonful of Sarah. It makes my day to see that you are listening along and enjoying. Tiff's chats on community also made me think of maybe starting an email chain or our own little CCA Facebook group so that we could all share the little moments of yay in our day or little quotes that we think of. So would anyone be keen on that? I'd love to know your thoughts. As always, the communication channels on Instagram, email, Facebook, whatever it is, they're all open at all times. So please do hit me up with your thoughts. Hope you're having an amazing day and a seizing your yay.